then we'll have to find someone who can. Well, to help us understand the situation better, we're joined by three guests now. We're joined by City University of New York Professor Daniel Shaw, Global Affairs Analyst Paul Edgeme and RT contributor Carl Germany. Thanks to all three of you for joining us on the programme. It's very good to see you. My first question to Mr Daniel Shaw, if I may. Now, this international intervention is supposed to be under the UN flag, but a number of Latin American media are calling it a proxy force. Is there any bad foreign interest behind these good intentions, do you think? Greetings, Nikki. There's no question <clears throat> that the United States and the usual actors who masquerade as the quote-unquote free world, that was the term they used in the 60s and 70s, now they call themselves the quote-unquote international uh, community. Of course, uh, they've never asked the Latin American, Caribbean, African nations. There's not a true international uh, consensus on this proposed reinvasion and reoccupation of a country that's already been invaded three times um, by the United States in the past uh, century. And the U.S. has always shored up its colonial and neo-colonial interests. So overwhelmingly, the Haitian people are warning that this invasion is going to bring more guns, more violence. I finished a study. I returned from Haiti about a month ago. There's about one million illegal guns in Haiti. And guess where 99 percent of them come from? Through Florida. So the U.S.'s gun crisis is Haiti's gun crisis. Um, next question to Paul Ejime, please. Now, Kenya has offered to deploy officers to Haiti. What does the African country have in common with Haiti? Why has it decided to get involved? Well, historically, remember that um, Haiti, you know, was the first black uh, nation to gain independence in 1804. So because of slaves that were moved from Africa. So, and... Um, more than 80% or 90% even are blacks. So in the um, manner of, um, in the sense of historical um, context, perhaps there is that uh, link. But it's, uh, this is far-fetched. Usually you have um, uh, a political organization like the African Union and then all the other, um, you know, organizations in Africa that should have made this. Um, it's not, this is not to say that countries uh, sovereign countries cannot, on their own, um, go into bilateral uh, cooperation. But you see that um, it doesn't seem as if um, Haiti is the one asking, perhaps, you know, it looks more like an imposition with an American uh, hand in it, and uh, which is um, unfortunate. Haiti has been left where it is. It has very, in the Caribbean, it's about the the third largest in size, and then with about 12 million population, is also quite, um, you know, uh, doing well. It was doing well in the past with the sugarcane plantations until France, you know, that, um, you know, from which it got independence. France, uh, Spain was there originally, but France came, granted them independence, and asked them to be paying uh, the debt. And after uh, paying that debt, they say Haiti has never recovered. So I think um, it's not uh, the question. It's just the one African country that is trying to, because perhaps there is something in there for, for, for Kenya to gain. Um, so you begin mm. to question the authenticity, you know, the selflessness of this kind of uh, help.
it would have been okay if it came as, um, as an African um, uh, support or an organization. But you can see that we, we wait to see, but um, it might end up um, the way that others have gone. A country without an army and then a country where uh, gangs are uh, reigning, you know, and dealing with everything. I mean, it's so difficult to say. UN has been there and then you know what happened. So, and um, it's unfortunate that um, uh, 12 million people can be left to... Um, uh, so far and remain in poverty this way. Uh, many, many thanks. Moving to Carl Jai, if I may. The US has lobbied Canada to lead a force in the past with French, of course, widely spoken both in France, uh, sorry, in Canada and in Haiti. But Canada has suddenly refused to get involved after first agreeing. Why do you think they've had a change of heart? Well, Canada is actually one of the most pliable vassal states of the United States. But however, Haiti is a special case. I came to the United States in 1990, and I do not remember, as far as I could remember, I don't remember a time when U.S. has not intervened in Haiti. And, there is, and every time, you know, in our mainstream media, it's built as to restore democracy, to restore order. Yet, after over 30 years of intervention, nothing has really changed. So the question is, um, what, what will happen this time, right? The, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right now, um, we, it, the, the United States obviously is not in Haiti to restore democracy. It's not in Haiti to restore order. It has always been interfering in Haiti's internal affairs to exert its own influence. But U U.S. is stretched at the moment because it's involving a proxy warfare in with, um, with Russia in Ukraine. And it's, it has its hands tied with confrontation with China over Taiwan. So it wants Canada to, to pick up the tab um, to acting as its deputy. I mean, I mean, Canada obviously realizes this. Um, I, I, I think Canada is will be willing to go with the United States as a junior partner, but I, I don't think they want to bear the main burden. Mm, many thanks. Uh, moving back to Mr. Shaw, please. We see this keen interest being shown uh, from Washington in support of the Kenyan offer. What's the end game for Washington here? What does it really want out of this? Washington is indeed using a, a proxy scheme. Uh, shame on the Kenyans. The Kenyan uh, police force has nothing uh, to gain or, or look for uh, in Haiti. This is a neo-colonial exchange of favors that the Kenyan uh, sellout leadership, uh, along with the other African command countries who have U.S. military bases dotting the landscape of their countries. Look what the Kenyans have done as a proxy force in Somalia, uh, in, in East Africa. And I think the most hypocritical part of this, Nikki, is that they're masquerading as pan-Africanists. They're saying that this is a pan-African mission, uh, hearkening back to the 1804 heroic anti-imperialist, anti-colonial Haitian uh, revolution. If the Kenyans truly had pan-African uh, solidarity on their minds, they would stay far away from Haiti. And all types of solidarity would be organized to remove the true forces that have been plaguing Haiti for how many centuries now? And that's the core group. That's the United States. That's Canada and France, who function as junior partners of the U.S. And now they're trying to use these other proxy forces in blackface, if you will, to try to gain global approval. What we can expect on CNN and Fox News is all types of crocodile tears, horrific stories like this nurse who was uh, kidnapped 
plastered all over our TV screens in the West to try to justify what amounts to another neo-colonial invasion. But we see the resistance in the Sahel nations of Niger, of Burkina Faso, of, of Mali. People are pushing back across the world. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and back to Mr. Ejime, please. Now, according to the plan, Kenya is to lead the task force which would unite with U.S. soldiers. My thoughts are, does the Kenyan military have the tactical management experience for such an operation? And would U.S. troops follow the orders of Kenyan generals? Sounds more like a joke. You can't to have um, a command and control uh, military operation that is being led by Kenyans, you know, when the uh, U.S. is involved. It tells you how, you know, one, you cannot really explain what, other than those who are involved. And it hasn't, you know, there's a hidden agenda. That's what it is. It's not, it's opaque. And that is, um, I don't see Kenya. Kenya is, uh, 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 you know, having his own problems. Um, the, the president has been elected. There is, uh, Ruto is uh, struggling. And then um, this is not the time to, um, you know, perhaps what the money that he will get from me, that is probably what it is. But for them to agree to it, Kenya is very far from, from um, Haiti. But um, what is there is that at times these um, uh, external forces and powerful uh, countries, they come with pr pressure, you know, very, you know, quid pro quo. They promise you something and say, well, before you can give that, you need to do this. I think that is what has happened. And then perhaps they have um, um, military or police people who are idle, and then they say, okay, please send them. Just like, uh, you know, uh, Rwanda and the, and, um, and the UK, uh, Rwanda has agreed to um, become um, a staging post for immigrants for, 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 for Britain. So you ask, why can't this American African leaders really um, talk about their own problem instead of going outside to for whatever it is what maybe maybe it's money that um, is um, uh, behind this or something that um, the Americans have promised so it's, I can't see any you know gain or it's like a joke you know to have um, uh, the, the uh, Kenyans uh, leading and uh, America will not accept that I mean it is just perhaps on paper or that when, but when it gets to the battleground, very probably the American, um, you know, uh, generals will take over. But mark you that America, after um, the 1992 and 93 um, uh, debacle of having um, the Marine, um, you know, dragged on the street, they are very careful, you know, wary to send the American troops on the ground. And that is why in places like Sahel, they are making some rightful noises about uh, how they do not want um, uh, the military take over in um, in Niger or in other places, but they can only use proxies to, to prosecute that. They, and you can't find American um, uh, uh, soldiers, uh, 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 you know, put on the ground. So I think they are looking for, you know, somebody to do the dirty work for, for, for them. Mm. And just one final question to Mr. Jar, please. Uh, the Haitian people, they've been through so much. They, they lack a reason right now to believe in another intervention. Could you just describe to us how acute the situation is right now in Haiti? And is the country able to overcome its problems alone? Or does it need these interventions in order to uh, thrive? Well, first of all, Haitian people are not asking for these interventions. Uh, it's always been posted in the New York Times or Washington Post that we need to do something. I think United States needs to intervene. Actually, no, it doesn't. Uh, Asian people didn't ask for it. 
the U.S. is only going there again for its own interest, and now you wouldn't even want to send its own boots on the ground. It's it's doing it but via proxy, you know, via its Canadian proxy or Canadian proxy. Um, you know, I, I, I again, whatever problem that Haitians have dealing with their, their own society, they do not, they're not looking to outside forces to solve that problem for them. And, and nobody should make that decision for them. Many thanks to all three of you for speaking to us today. I really appreciate your time and your insight. We've been talking to Latin American and Caribbean Studies professor at City University of New York, Daniel Shaw, Global Affairs Analyst Paul Ejime and RT contributor Carl Jar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us.